Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 283 albums in his Pike series, and we're going to listen to them. Three at a time. This is Getting Head, a, a Bucket Cast. All right, Britt, what's hey. new? Hey, Spencer. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. What's up with you? What are you doing? Uh, what's going on? You know, what's, what's the haps, as the kids say? Uh, what's the haps? You know, I've uh, life's interesting. Um, I don't know. Life's, life's fun. <laughs> Recently, you know, quarantine's been weird. You got to kind of keep to yourself. I don't go out you do. much. Yeah. I mean, I, I go Same. out a lot. I walk a lot. And, like, mm. you know, I try to see a lot of nature and... Um, you know, you 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 miss like physical affection. You miss like yeah. you know actually connecting with living beings, no matter what they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like That's I true. miss like walking around and seeing people walking their dogs everywhere. Like it's become more mm-hmm. rare now. I, I feel like more people let their dogs just like shit in the yard now because like yeah, quarantine, nobody wants you know. to go out. Nobody wants to yeah, leave their house. right, right. And so, um, like and so recently, I've been. Um, uh, I read online that uh, crows really like cat food, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so for the past couple months now, it's been you know maybe six weeks, a couple months. I've uh, mm-hmm. been going out and like feeding the crows cat food, and like crows. Nice, like, love to see that. Yeah, they, they it, love it too. They're, they, they're they, big they into super, the cat food. Oh, they're they're really yeah. into it. They're super smart, and like and since mm-hmm. then, like I've dyed my hair like super like white blonde. And these crows like recognize me everywhere and they follow me and yeah. they like caw at me. And it's like an attention I've never received before. It's like <laughs> they're almost like cat cawing me and it's like pretty, pretty all right, actually. Like, You're pretty proud of, of coming up with cat cawing, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not bad. Man. No, it's it's pretty, it's not pretty bad. Pretty good. <laughs> but, fair enough. Um, fair enough. But, so you've been feeding them. You've been giving yeah, them yeah. cat food, and they've been like they recognize me now, and like I feel like there's at least two distinct like murders of crows now. Uh, mur- murders of crow. Yeah, Murder family of- groups. So yeah, they, fam- they families, exist in family fam- groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Like like two distinct ones that are like eight to twelve large. They kind of just like follow me around and like some of them kind of like know my schedule and they'll like follow me to the post office. And like, there's one specific family mm-hmm. uh, and like, they've, they've like watched me feed their children several times. Um, and it's just like this beautiful, beautiful thing where they're just like throwing up into their child's mouth. You um, love to see that. Yeah. But they're like, Hey, really do. we're going to let you watch us throw up into our child's mouth. I'm like, you know, that's like that's that's intimate to me. Like, I don't want any human to ever do that to me. That's not well, acceptable. I, hey, hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't remove yourself from the possibility of that kind of an interaction. You know, maybe it could be nice. You never know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. No, all right, let's fine. let's walk that one back. <laughs> and um, I'm gonna. What are you excited about this week, Spencer? What's uh, uh, what are you? Yeah, that's a question. Um, I I haven't been feeding crows. I mean, I do watch the hummingbirds around my house. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hummingbirds that live in in the neighborhood. I, there's also a uh, um, there's a uh, what's it called? A red-tailed hawk that lives in my neighborhood. Yeah. The crows are always very mad about. They they chase him away. Um, they they get very upset when he shows up. But he he's always here. He shows up every day. Um, but more specifically, like I'm on my weekend now, so I managed to get through the work week. That was good. During the work week, though, mm-hmm. like I was struggling to come up with with like podcasts and shit to listen to at work. Really? So yeah, yeah. Why didn't truly. you hit a brother up? I I listened to way too much dumb bullshit. Like, well, that's okay because I found plenty of dumb bullshit. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is is good. Um, I've been listening to people talk about CNC machines, which has been interesting and also. You know, supremely dorky. Well, wait, um, uh, is uh, do they talk about the larger, like, the place where they work, the CNC Music Factory? 
yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're the ones that did um, Come On... F- no, no, not, not Come On Ride the Train. What's the song that they did? That they did? Uh, Everybody Dance Now! I think that's That's right. them, right? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's them. Uh, you, you love CNC Music Factory. You know, that's where they got the name for the CNC machine, right? Like, it was CNC Music Factory. Uh, they're the first ones that made yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's going to make know, you sweat everybody dance now. Which, yeah. which has, like, arguably the worst rap of all time. You of mean any... one of the best raps uh, Dance, of everybody, 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 <laughs> dance. Get on the floor. <laughs> you got to score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so slow. It's oh like, God, dude, like even a, it oh, what's, even what's, a what's the fucking line? It's like, um, I'm a squirrel trying to get my nut to shake your butt. It's like, what? Dance. Are you playing dance? Are you playing that you're not a squirrel trying to get your nut? Because, like, I, I'm a squirrel and I'm trying you to know, get that nut. You know, actually... <laughs> When you consider it as prose and not poetry, perhaps I understand it now. Buckethead, 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 Perhaps. Um, but yeah, you know. Uh, I've been walking a lot. I've been spending a lot of time outside in the sun. It's been really warm here. It's been really nice. Yeah, it has been really um, nice in Seattle. Yeah, it's been fun to like spend time outside to get all sweaty and stuff. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of people moving out in my neighborhood, oh, really? and because of that, there's been a lot of like free furniture and whatnot outside. Yeah. And like that's honestly been the most interesting thing of late mm. is walking through the neighborhood and seeing all the bullshit that gets put out on the street. Right. Um, I've seen so much shit. Like, I've seen just, like, straight garbage, but I've seen also, like, nicer pieces of furniture and desks and, and, and uh, um, uh, like, toasters and toaster ovens and, like, all sorts of shit. It's been interesting. I haven't found anything super good recently, but I've seen a few things. I had this dude, uh, I was walking home the other day, and this dude just, like, started talking to me. Like, he was just, like, standing outside smoking a joint. And yeah. like I was walking home, God, and he was just like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And I was like, "I just walking home, man." Uniquely I don't know. Seattle slash Portland experience. I feel <laughs> where like yeah. people just smoking weed start talking to you, and you're like, <laughs> "Well, here we are. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, so illegal weed." Here's the thing that I find interesting is when like people, it's like strangers decide to talk to you. For no reason, and then they mm. choose to share a lot about themselves oh, with you yeah. for oh, no, no reason, and no. not asking you anything about yourself. No, just, no. just sharing a they lot just, of things they, about themselves. They need you to know what <laughs> they've done and what they've done wrong, and you're like, wait, what? I don't. I've got yeah, no so, investment. Exactly. So, so homeboy that started talking to me was immediately like, yeah, I work for Microsoft Support, mm-hmm. and I just smoke weed all day, <laughs> and I was like. Yeah. I actually can understand, but <laughs> you're a stranger, and I'm not going to share with you where I work or how much weed I smoke. Um, so, you'll but, be like, so, so you're the shitty Microsoft phone and like Microsoft tablet version of me. You're yeah, like, basically. You're like, basically. you're the you're the store brand version of me, fella. <laughs> it was uh, it was amusing. He talked at me for a little bit, and. Uh, I was like, I talked to him for a little bit, and then I was like, I gotta go, man. And then he kept talking, and so I had to stand there for a few more minutes. You know, like, when you tell somebody you gotta go, right. and then they keep going mm, a little bit? Yeah. Like, no, there, like, there's like a, there's a, there's like a, a grace period, sure. But, right. But still, I'd say like, it's like, it, it, it's only like a minute and a half, though. Like, after you're like, yeah, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry, I gotta take off. And they're like, yeah, but one more thing. And you're like, okay. And they're like, I just want to tell you. You mean everything to me, buddy. <laughs> and like maybe maybe that'll get you like forty five seconds to a minute, but after that, like you're like, all right, really, I just told you I have to leave and like you just kind of accosted me with this whole social situation. So I'm gonna <laughs> The stop and a, chat. You hate I, to see the stop and chat. I will take a graceful bow from this. Um, my good my good friend. Yeah. Or 
non-friend. My good stranger. Your my your good... dad is the king of my, this. I love your dad. My but still, good like, stranger. <laughs> yeah, my, like I, my... I've talked to your dad. My... I've told your dad I have to leave, and then talked to him for another hour. Like... My, my, my dad. My dad. If if you could sum my dad up in a meme, it would be my stranger. <laughs> Tips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love my dad. He's a uh, he's he's one of the smartest people I've ever known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a smart he, guy. He knows a lot of stuff. Like really, well, he, he's he knows a great so resource, much stuff, like, and he sure. just wants to share that knowledge, even if you just don't have the brain space for it. He's like, no, let me cram this in here. Let me just try to fit this in. And you're like, no, nah, really, I'm good. I gotta like remember like what happened in the first two Jurassic Park films at least. And he's like, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Let me, yeah. let me tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you about tubes instead. And you're like, God <laughs> damn it. Let me tell you about Neutric connectors. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, let's talk about I mean, Neutric connectors are, are, and speak ons are actually really important. They're really, no, they are. They are. I so love, your dad I, has so much relevant mm, information about these things. Yeah. He really, like I, I actually talked to your dad on Facebook recently, Facebook mm. messenger about, uh, uh what's that stuff um uh oh shit i forget what it's called but like Popper so when you're probably yeah and that, that's, that's <laughs> what we were talking about. yes yes it was copper shielding yeah. so we were talking about copper shielding then he was like you should use the paste on stuff the yeah no the, the copper paste is like, crazy cool yeah yeah then you talked to me about the different brands mm -hmm. and like which is yeah. the best one and like uh -huh. it was great he gave me a lot of really relevant information no he did no he did i know he did <laughs> That's what he yeah, does. Yeah, it, it was literally that's, copper shielding. It's that's, amazing that you guessed that. That's like, not what he does. <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> Welcome beautiful. to my childhood. Uh, yes. Uh, copper shielding like, when, in the 90s. When, when, uh, when some kids were like playing like baseball with their dad, my dad <laughs> was literally teaching me how to shield a control cavity. <laughs> and I'm like... And I'm like staring at this baseball glove, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no!" But check it out; they make a pace now, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> "Disregard baseball, embrace uh. base." <laughs> <laughs> Delete ball. <laughs> Uh, anywho, we listened to three Buckethead albums, and we need to talk about them, because Buckethead released 283 albums to date in this series, and, and we, we gotta, gotta get through them somehow. We so. gotta talk about three of them per episode, so it's... Three of them I per mean, episode. We, we don't do. know if he's gonna make more. He's probably gonna make more, and he, so... I would imagine I mean, so. I would not. Like, if, if we're really into this, we're obligated to make probably at least 100 episodes. Uh, at least, yeah. If we do them three at a time, maybe we can condense them more, but I really doubt it. Honestly, I'm not really willing to listen to um, more than three Buckethead albums a week, to be honest. I don't dislike Buckethead. Buckethead's great. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's really good at a lot of things, but, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So, anyway, For sure. um, the, the first album, uh, so, mm -hmm. so his Pike series, yes. um, I don't know, uh, do you know the backstory behind it? Did he decide it was a series on the first album? Yes. Okay. And, so, and so the first album that was released was released with a number up in the upper left-hand corner. That's true. That's true. So and, 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 it is implied then that he knew this was going actually, to be Actually, yeah, let's, let's talk about the album art for okay. the series. Um, yes. So... Uh, he released them independently, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't release them through a record label, yeah? Uh, well, they are associated with his record label, but then again, yes, he did release them independently. And so, on so independent, yeah, right. So I I'm not exactly sure, if I'm being honest. Like, I right. don't really know the label details about this, but, but suffice so, it to say. So, so each yeah. each uh, each album has a very like comic book look to it. At least mm -hmm. the ones I've looked at so far. Uh, they and, all do. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so like in the corner where usually like a comic book would have like the price has like a number um, mm -hmm. of the album, and it says uh, Buckethead Land instead of Buckethead, and I'm not sure why except for like I, I yeah. think you know Buckethead Land has been 
the name of several of his albums. So maybe that was kind of the side project he was kind of trying to make this. And possibly, so, yeah, yeah. It's 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 implied that like that this is connected to other solo albums that he's released, but it is right, also. Right. It is also very distinctly its own thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's so long and so weird and so wild that it is worth talking about just on its own, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, he's put in so much time where, like, no matter how hard we go on reviewing these, the two of us are not going to put in nearly the man hours doing this podcast as he did maybe the first year he made these, but who knows? I mean, this he, is true. Yeah, he, he might have done like everything first take, and if that's the case, you know, he 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 did at one point make like one of these every six days. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, uh, I mean, in 2015 alone, he released 118 of these. Like, that's insane. That's fucking. Oh, sorry, albums. 2015. I, did I say 2018? I meant 2015. Uh, I I. I released three oh. albums in a year, mm-hmm. and that that took a look. That was like me coming home every day after work and working on music for four hours, and then like at least one of my weekend days was like eight hours of yeah, just, just like doing music. It was it was like a, a a part time job of just doing music, and it was like mm-hmm. you know. But like when you think about this, like imagine if you like the the amount of hours that you work at work. Imagine yeah. if you were just making music with those hours. Like I could probably achieve something somewhat similar to this yeah. if I had that much. Right, right, time. and and that's yeah. No, I, I I agree. And like you could actually achieve something in similar quality. I could <laughs> achieve something a lot weirder. Um, <laughs> like. Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing. It's like, if I was paid, if I was either paid to just do this, or I was taken care of and, like, had yeah, enough to yeah. sit on to where, like, I mm-hmm. had a recording studio and whatever, like, you know, the sky's the limit. But at that right, point, yeah, yeah. At that point, where, where does, like, um, you know, like, creativity and output meet, like, just, like, depression and, like, floundering in your own stuff? Because, like, I can't imagine. If if all of these albums are kind of like all three of the ones we listen to, if they don't have that much variety, yeah, I can't imagine making that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, everything no, that, I make true. has that's to true. have yeah. like a variety to it, and like even if it's not great, yeah, like every album I've produced is somewhat of a different genre, yeah, than every other album I've made, and like. And that, that's part of the thing that, that fascinates me about this series of albums, because mm-hmm. there's so fucking many. Like, mm-hmm. you think about, like, an artist that puts out an album every other year. Like, that's usually yeah. the, the cadence that a lot of, like, artists right. achieve. Especially, like, yeah, well, new, new right. artists. Like, yeah. Or after, in some after, cases, after like, you're established, it, it, you know, like, I mean, Tool makes an album. Metallica. Metallica. Tool, tool, tool does one on, tool on an average Metallica. of every seven and a half years. Yeah, they, they have, well, they have to calculate a lot of math first, so that's understandable. That's true. They, uh, <laughs> they have to wait. They're like, they have to wait for the MIT uh, mathematician graduates. Yeah, they have to, to like, wait for CERN on, to get on, back on to summer them. break <laughs> to like help them like construct their songs out of mathematics. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. They got they got to like rent out the particle collider for a couple of weeks when they record or whatever. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, uh, Danny Carey can't figure out his polyrhythmics until we get the particle collider for two weeks. Sorry, <laughs> it's made. All of his polyrhythmics are made out of dark matter. So <laughs> we need to be able to observe it. <laughs> <laughs> We 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 won't we can't listen to it until we understand it. All right, <laughs> this is the future that Steve Jobs wanted. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a good. I'm meme. kidding. I'm, no, no, it's not because yes, it is. Tool, like Steve no, 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 Jobs, no, tool no. Logo. Tool is not a a Mac band. Tool is exclusively a, a Linux, Linux band. band. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> what distro of Linux do they like, what, what distro? They're not Ubuntu. Because they're not 
they're, no, they're no, not no. accessible. Like, oh, they're, they're like Red Hat or some fucking bullshit. You're made of barbus and your name's not Horpus. It's understandable. You're in the middle. Anywho, okay, so yes, no, you're absolutely right. Like, there's so many of these albums, they're worth listening to just purely to see where he goes with this. I'm excited to see it. Like, I hope that he really, like, pushes this to a weird plat like not plateau but like a weird level of of weirdness that right right I i'm 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 hoping it de- i'm actually in a way hoping it devolves mm-hmm. like like this is well i want to see him make ambient albums mm, i want to yeah, see him and he he does and like we we know what he's capable of because like i mean some of my favorite stuff he's done uh in the early 90s if i'm not mistaken he um collaborated with uh Will Akerman uh who you know right. well yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my very favorite musicians and composers of all time um uh founder of uh Wyndham Hill Records and in in my opinion and a lot of people's like the creator of new age music like yeah that's in, in true, yeah. a motherfucking incredible uh guitarist composer like my f- my favorite song Probably of all time, like one of my two favorite songs. Like it's um up there with like uh uh Avril fourteen by uh Richard E. James, but um Apex Twin. Yeah, yeah, Apex Twin. Um is by Will Akerman, uh, Garden. Um Oh from, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah, from from uh, uh Fading Light. I yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely just ugh. Killer, yeah. Ooh, uh, uh, featuring, featuring, uh, ah, never mind. I, I forgot the name. Anyway, um, oh, you're you're thinking of Michael Manring, right? Is no, Michael Manring no, on this no, one? No, 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 he's not. It's uh, okay. it's the Kronos Quartet, actually. That's oh, that's sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. We love uh, to see the Kronos Quartet. Cor- Anything Kronos they show quartet up on, is, I'm is, into it. Oh yeah. god, they're they're the yeah. most NPR quartet of all time, <laughs> and like, I'm totally cool with it because like, I'm cool with it too. NPR, yeah. NPR bumps npr slaps dude it does anyone um, anyone who says npr ain't a motherfucking banger ain't listening to no motherfucking npr anybody who says npr isn't a banger has not seen terry gross twerk Ooh, up. <laughs> she get gross with it So the first the first record in the Pike series came out May fifteenth of twenty eleven. It's mm-hmm. called "It's Alive," uh, and we listened to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, ultimately, what I have to say about it is that it is of the first three records that we listened to. It is the most accessible. It yeah. is the most like metal. I would say it is the most like yeah. riff oriented. Also, mm-hmm. like it is the and it is also the least experimental. Yeah, yeah, it's the most structured, I'd say. And, yeah. And also, in my opinion, probably because of that, the most boring, maybe? Boring you know, isn't the right word for me, but I it, understand what you're saying. Yeah, like, it, yeah it, I agree. It's not, honestly, by, like, by song five or six, I was just, actually, song five was great, but by six, I yeah. was just like, no, six was actually good, but then seven, I was like, all right, well. This is just it's very on everything. like it's very like instrumental yeah. guitar so, rock. It right, is, right. It is so, that. It, it, it's Some cool tracks. riffs, like n- no hidden. Yeah. Like I-, I liked a lot of the riffs on the record. Mm-hmm. I liked the drum programming. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the structure of it. I thought it was good. It was it was well yeah. done. Yeah. Like I mean, it and, wasn't it wasn't super amazing. It was also wasn't super super interesting. But right. it was like you, for what did, it was, did, I was like, "Hey, this is all right." Did you have? Like, any I don't stand- mind listening to this. Did you have any standout tracks or any anything you really liked or really hated? Um, I didn't. I didn't really dislike any of it. I oh. I, I thought it was interesting, um, especially compared to the other two that we listened to. That he doesn't do a whole lot of lead work on on that first record. Like it's very much riff based. No, no, no. So so no. There's a lot of lead work, not a ton of solo work. Like every sure. every yeah. song has tons of leads. Like so, 
honestly, a lot of it uh, reminded me of a band uh, you and I are both familiar with because we absolutely loved their first record, um, Scale the Summit. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, and so yeah. There, there's actually three songs in there. Uh, Le- LeBron-Tron, which is the intro track. Uh-huh. Uh, Crack the Sky, which is number five. Oh, that was a really good song. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a really good one, and it actually like reminded me of both um, Scale the Summit and also uh, another band who made an album and another track uh, with the same title, uh, Mastodon. Like there, sure. there were definitely like very chunky parts to it that really kind of reminded me of that. And um, yeah, it did. It did actually surprise me. Like some of yeah. the riffing is like kind of is like pretty metal. Like yeah, yeah. especially yeah, on yeah. that first record. Mm-hmm. Like not so yeah. much the other two that we listened to, but the right. first one. Like there's right. some riffs on there where I'm like, hey, that's a really metal mm-hmm. riff. Like and that's then, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, also, uh, seven brooding peeps was very mm-hmm. you know pretty chunky and metal and like very much of that. Honestly, other than that, though, like, uh, track three, Peeling Out, was just, like, 20 seconds of him just, like, shredding the fuck out on guitar, and it was pretty dope, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's impressive, if nothing, because, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can't do that, and, like... Yeah, dude, dude's a fast guitar player. Yeah, dude's one of the fastest guitar players (laughs) alive, probably, like, he's really goddamn good. He's totally. not one of the best, but he's one of the fastest, and that counts for something. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I I, thought that first record was okay. I, yeah, I enjoyed listening bad. to it. I didn't... I thought it was all right. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a thing. And yeah. I, I, I was interested because, like, being that was the first one, I was like, is this going to set the stage for what is going forward? And... And I, I, think I ultimately it did. think no. <laughs> like, I, I, honestly. I, I honestly think it did. Because... Um, I don't it, know. It Things gave... got so much funkier as things went maybe as but, the but at the same time like um so starting with track four uh barnyard banties on this record it's alive the first one uh-huh. it like becomes really funk rooted and super like bass rooted um and, and in my notes i put like this is where buckethead naturally lives like mm. i think he really lives mm-hmm. i mean he he's definitely a metal guitarist and like uh-huh kind of exists in like this this kind of ambient tech metal space. Yeah. But more than that, like I think his ideas, like the ones he has that are most developed are funky. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why I think he's worked with like Bernie Worrell and um uh like uh Bootsy Collins and like a bunch of like funk musicians and why he actually like gets where they're coming from. Totally. He has like a real funk mentality, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Um, and then like that kind of leads into our discussion about our second album. Yeah, it does. which is to also from 2011. This one came out on May 20th, so mm-hmm. five days after I it's alive. Uh, we five got day, I did not know five that. days. Yeah, interesting, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. so five days after it's alive, we got Empty Space, which is yeah. the second album in the Pike series. Uh, empty space for me is it is surprisingly different from the first album. Like it I is, expected, it, I, I, the I sec- think it's funkier. Yeah. Oh, certainly. I expected it mm. to be very similar to the first record, mm. um, to "It's Alive," but I was surprised to see that it's actually quite different. There is, yeah. There's definitely more forays into electronic music, into IDM type sounds, yeah. into funk specifically, which is interesting. I didn't. I guess like it makes sense knowing Buckethead, knowing like his previous work, but like I didn't expect it to be so funk driven. It's it's yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of bass driven, a lot of slap bass lines. Yeah, a lot stuff. of slap bass, a and, lot of and, like and tapping very, on bass, a lot of like slap bass, a lot of not like, a, not a ton of tapping, a ton of slapping though. Like he like he, a lot of slapping. Yeah. He knows he knows like three slapping patterns, super super well and he's so fast like he's very fast at slapping. He, he is like, he is he is at the same time like i get very very bored with his bass playing by the third album because like i don't know i i hope he changes it up but he does like three slapping patterns and he's got like these three slapping patterns on bass and like i like him but that's all he does on bass and if he doesn't do that he's doing really kind of, like, tame, like, root note stuff. And, like, 
I, I want to well, see sure, him because sure. he he's a very melodic player on guitar, and so I want to see him like explore melody on bass. Sure, you know, no, no, he, I, he I'm really right there with you. Hasn't. Like, like he, so here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, yeah. especially like Empty Space, the mm-hmm. second album. Yeah. Um, I feel like that one is considerably less melodic than the first and the third record. I um, I, I would say yeah, but it's a lot more rhythmic, is the thing. It's very rhythmic. It's very like it's very rhythmic. There's a lot of like slap bass. There's a lot of like chromatic, fast guitar licks. Uh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, it's less metal. It's more mm. electronic. Uh, it's a little bit different. Like I, I, I will say again. Like I'm impressed with the 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 difference from the first album. I, I hope that that continues to be a trend. Like I no. hope that the albums continue to be more and more diverse, which I think is possible. Like I don't know if that's the direction it's going to go. I think it's possible based on these the, what we've listened to so far. Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure. I don't know. And um, also the this album in dynamics, at least too. I feel really kind of explores a lot more like in a in in song nine leghorn like it starts off like with this really like fun upbeat metal with some funk and jazz here and there Mm -hmm. um but like the outro is like kind of this acoustic part right yeah i like that part that part was yeah yeah it was it was really cool and it was like it mm -hmm. actually like added some new dynamic and like volume even to the music because like i mean Mm -hmm. this 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 music is all pretty much the same volume like I feel like, um, I feel like the mm-hmm. albums so far would not listen so differently on any type of speaker. Sure, you know, no, that that's accurate, and like, but that's a that's a that's the sort of thing that you see from like pretty prolific composers, right? They figure yeah. out like ways of making music, and I'm not I'm not talking shit about this or anything. It's just no. like a, an observation that I've seen. Yeah. It's like composers that put out a lot of music, right? Very prolific. Uh, people that are working within the music mm. industry, like they'll put out a lot of music that like sounds similar, and it sounds similar for a lot of reasons. It's not because they're writing the same song over and over again. I don't like that particular criticism of of artists. I think it's it's like they're using concepts to create mm. music that are similar in nature, yeah. and because of that, their music shares like certain things that are very similar. And, and in a lot of cases, especially when it comes to like the solo composer, they'll put out a lot of music that's like. They make the music the same way, which is why right. it sounds so similar. You know what I mean? Like they're recording it in the same programs, the same presets. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I definitely see a lot of that here. Like the, a lot of the guitar sounds are 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 similar. Like a lot of the bass tones are similar. Right. You know, uh, and, and like at least in yeah. empty space, like uh, it it explores at least electronically. I think a lot more things. It's, sure. It's, yeah. It's kind of almost like um, I say British. Uh, yeah, like it there's a lot of, of break square beats. Pusher. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like there's in, in there's places, a lot of break yeah. beats. There's a lot of like very like tight drums with the guitar parts. I mean, there's not any cool like any really like square pusher like super cool bass with drum parts because square pusher is a fucking incredible bassist. And unfortunately, totally, totally. totally. I mean, like you know. Uh, Buckethead's a, a decent slap bassist, but I don't honestly, I don't think he's a great bassist. He's got the potential to be. So far, mm-hmm. I honestly, would say that I don't think so. I don't. I don't well, think he. I don't think he gets bass in, in the way that a lot of bassists do. Like he gets. Well, sure. Yeah. No, he's like, not a bass player. He, he he's get, a guitar he, player. Yeah. Sure. He he doesn't. He get, plays bass like a guitar player. Exactly. And he, well, he no, he plays bass more like a drummer. I feel to be honest. Interesting. Um, Interesting. He he plays it very rhythmically most of the time. Uh, when he's doing it just for underlying guitar tracks, when it's not funk, he does play it like a guitar player. He yeah, just does, that's like, true. Yeah. Does a lot of root notes and doesn't do a lot of experimentation or like harmonization even. Like he's he's pretty tame. When mm-hmm. he's playing for himself, um, you know he he's not he's not bad. I'm not saying that at all. He's a good bass player. It's just mm-hmm. he's not a great bass player. Like he doesn't yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do agree. anything. Like some of his slapping stuff, I'm like, oh, that's really cool, but it's not anything that like it, it's not anything that elevates the music above something that it already is. Beautiful, you know what I mean? Perfectly put. Yes, exactly. Yeah. it's like it it. It fits everything he does on bass fits perfectly into the music, but that doesn't make like, it more yeah. buckethead. It doesn't make it more interesting. 
doesn't really yeah, it, it, it doesn't it, elevate. I feel like he is a he is a musician who, much like myself, sees music as like a a set of structures that support mm. a certain idea. And in in general, at least as far as the Buckethead albums I've listened to in the past and the ones that we've listened to so far for this, it's it supports the guitars. The guitars are always or almost always front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're they're like the driving force behind the piece yeah. of music, mm-hmm. and so everything yeah. he does a very good job of supporting those guitars, both in his drum programming and electronics and um, and and bass playing. But it's 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 to support him doing weird shit with guitar, and like that's right. that's one thing that I appreciated about Empty Space specifically is like mm-hmm. he uses the guitar in ways that you don't typically see people use guitars right. he uses and, a guitar so, like a synth he uses guitars like it, it to create weird textures in some right. cases like and, it's it's definitely different it's definitely like very electronic influenced like i would imagine he probably mm-hmm. really likes artists like apex, apex twin, twin. And, yeah absolutely and square pusher oh, oh and like without he probably a fucking listens doubt to he wants to work with them so bad and you know it <laughs> Like he's, uh, you, you know, there's like at least like a half dozen unread text messages from Buckethead to Richard D. James. Just like, <laughs> hey, dog, I really like your stuff. Can we like maybe hang out sometime? Let me suck on that Richard D. Dick. And, and Richard D. James is like, <laughs> uh, uh, for, for anyone listening, uh, uh, Brit attempted to make the uh, the Richard D. James attempted? face. I make a perfect. Uh, no, you Richard attempted. D. You attempted. I hate this. I hate looking at this. <laughs> so, so you know how I was actually introduced to um, to Apex Twin? Was it drugs? No. Uh, okay, I mean, that would have been cool. It was actually the opposite. It was um, Brian from the band Stripped up in Alaska. Oh, nice, nice. Um, uh, I, I. I like posted a picture on Facebook of me like smiling like that. And he's like, Hey, just so you know, you look a lot like a young, uh, Aphex twin. And like, I don't know who that is. And he like sent me the picture of that album cover. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I do. That's weird. And then I listened <laughs> to the album and I'm like, well, is that one? I care because you do. Is that no, that, that, album? that? No, that was the Richard D James album. Okay. Yeah. um and an amazing album one of my favorites it's it's one of the greatest albums of all time like it's so good he's so good for like it 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 wrecked me when i listened and like brian honestly like uh brian from stripped if you ever hear this fucking contact me dog um (laughs) i'd like to talk to you 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 had a profound profound effect on my my love of music like Mm-hmm. I mean, this motherfucker uh, living in Alaska exposed me to Aphex Twin and Bjork at a very young age. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and I I gotta give cred to that shit because like yeah. honestly, like w- if not for him, I would not be where I am today, like musically. Like sure. Yeah. So maybe I mean we all we all have those people, right? Like yeah, you know, I, I've definitely been influenced by by people, and it's like weirdly enough, like I think a lot of the times that that happens, it's not necessarily intentional. Like sometimes mm. people were like intentionally like, "Hey, you should really listen to this," but yeah. like in other times it was just like, "Hey, you know, yeah. like I know you like this, but like have you ever thought about listening to this?" Right. And it's like, and I mean, like straight yeah. up, like you've you've definitely had like a way bigger effect on me than Brian oh yeah ever did. likewise but yeah, but course. like you you know that and like i talk to you regularly so it's like yeah, not, to- a, totally. not, not a thing but yeah yeah actually yeah like the both of us have probably had the most profound in effects on each other musically I more agree. than most other people like i i honestly i mean there's a couple people i can say had bigger effects on me musically but they were the people who literally like taught me how to play music 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that 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 comes down to actually two other people. You're you're number three on the list of that's impressive. The like I'll take most it. musically profound people on me, dog. How about yeah, that? Yeah, totally. Um, about- like you know what, what's interesting is like I think that there's like a a spectrum to that sort of stuff. Oh. Like I think that there's a spectrum to pretty much everything. You know, like mm-hmm. every every concept, every type of person, every you know all this sort of stuff. But like. For example, I think that there's something really valuable from from getting insight and and perspective from people who are also learning music at the same time that you are, right. and like that can really shape how you interpret and the sort of music that you you end up gravitating towards. You know, because mm-hmm. music is such a weird thing. Like music is is for <laughs> those those kids that are. Uh, huge dorks you know yeah. I mean, music is for those those kids that are interested in something beyond you know what well, i mean well, like something it, beyond it, the, the, the school like, curriculum yeah. it's like <laughs> i mean the the poets of the like the 18th century the people who only had access to like a piece of paper are now the people who only have access to like a computer and maybe like one instrument mm-hmm. and so that is this is the modern poetry honestly and speaking of modern poetry, we've got uh, three, three foot, foot clearance, clearance. <laughs> the third uh, of Buckethead's and, and, and uh, so pipe on, series. Honestly, I I cannot believe you didn't. So 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 back up here real quick. So okay. apparently, you listened to the fourth album, the third, yeah, in, instead of this one. But this one has the the number three in the title. <laughs> And on the third song is called Three Headed Guardian. So there's so many threes. So that was my favorite song from this album. Actually, mine as well. That was a really yeah. good one. It's a really um, good song, right? Like it has a really nice melody. Mm. Like it's a very like compelling mm. song. Like that one was the the it's the very one song like I heard. a G G G natural minor. I think very like twirly and kind of yeah yeah but it's got it's got some nice melodies like it's Mm -hmm. got it's got a nice some nice riffs it's like Mm -hmm. it's an interesting mix of both the first and second albums i felt like like go ahead no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is kind of a nice mix. It. It is soaring. It's a. It's a yeah, good. Absolutely. It's very, a very, very buckethead song. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, though, I really liked a couple other tracks. Uh, the one after that, "Floating Graveyard," mm-hmm. was like a straight up kind of doom metal song. Sure. Yeah. It. It was like I was surprised there was like no uh like um organ in it. Almost. It was like this really <laughs> sick, heavy fucking riff. Uh, ended with this really cool slow part. It was just oh, really so dope. hold on, hold on, hold on. I like yeah. the idea of trolling doom metal bands by being like, "Where's your fucking organ, bro?" Nah. Like, like <laughs> what's more doom metal than an organ? Like, if we're being real, like, well, and, and the song after that actually was really interesting too. So, mm-hmm. uh, the ballad of Jerry Mono. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what you thought of this song, but like, the production, the melody, everything about it pretty much except for like the guitar lead could have fit in perfectly like absolutely perfectly with like a latter day blink 182 album like it was it was straight up actually like very pop punkish it was it was kinda, see that it was kind of cool and, and but the that. the song immediately after that was like tech thrash and it was yep. um mm-hmm. it, it was one of the like techiest songs so far in this three it was probably the techiest song actually in the whole yeah. three albums so anyway. so what what i'll say about this record is that like overall it felt like a a return to mm-hmm. like more guitar oriented rock instrumental yeah. rock uh mm-hmm. then the second album the second album definitely felt more experimental more electronic this one definitely had those elements know. here and there, but it this, was more. This one was really diverse to me. I it think. was it, no, 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 totally. Um, like it was really diverse, but it, it still so, felt like like overall, like it was more guitar oriented than, than the second one. So, so the one, the really big standout track to me in this guy was uh, track twelve, uh, Siamese Butterfly. Uh-huh. Basically, what it was was like uh, it starts out with like these really. Um, I don't know how to describe them other than floppy guitar tones, like a lot of <laughs> loopy, like, no flo- floppy, okay. floppy, okay. like 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 a, a weird yeah. amount of both like uh, treble and lower mid range in bass, uh-huh. to where but but it's also a clean tone to where it's like 
it sounds like a natural guitar, but like tuned to like take up space of bass. I guess. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I know what the the type of tone you're talking. About. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. Like it's uh it's produced in a way unlike anything else he's done on any of these three albums, and personally, it's probably my favorite track out of interesting these entire three albums. Sure. Um, it's in in the weird thing is is I feel like it's just a regular like buckethead soaring techie metal track but it's just produced so differently mm-hmm. that I find it like super interesting. It's like, I, I really like the way that he uh, experiments with guitar tones. Like he definitely uses, he, guitar. he has great tones. For yeah, sure. as a, yeah. As like a layered mm-hmm. instrument, like he'll, he'll mm-hmm. use guitar in a way that you typically see people use a synthesizer, like, which is yeah, yeah. cool. And it's interesting, but he right. also uses guitar like a guitar, which right. Usually you you see people do one or the other, right? You see people like really rely on effects to make their sound or you see people really rely on their technique to make their sound. Now, in some cases, you have people that are mixed of both. You know, it's, it's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Buckethead, I feel like he he operates on all ends of that spectrum, like at all times, like, I mean, which is interesting for sure, if nothing if, else. <laughs> if we're going to be absolutely honest about Buckethead at this point. He operates on a spectrum. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, a musical spectrum, yes. But... Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you mean. Um, yeah. How long do you think his dick is? That's I feel a great like he, question. I feel like he has a really long dick, but not a super like girthy dick no yeah, exactly right? exactly like it's like and really so it's long like, though and so like he's really like, long he's, yeah like, di- yeah like, like his fingers long. <laughs> or either that I, I actually honestly kind of imagine it's like super normal <laughs> but he's like really ashamed of it because he's like six nine and like looks like a fucking alien he's got these huge hands uh-huh. but he's got like this six and a half inch penis which mm-hmm. is nothing to be ashamed like certainly super not. fucking normal like, like no yeah. no penis is a penis to be ashamed of certainly not well um in uh, unless unless you're a toxic person who really likes your penis exactly exactly and then that's, that's what a I'm, penis that's what I don't like if yeah. it's a penis you use for evil it's a penis to be ashamed of <laughs> I but agree. any 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 penis used entirely for like good and mutual pleasure that's a pure penis right it's there. it's a pure it's a uh a, a pure a, no i can't make a compound word of this yeah it's a pure penis <laughs> wonderful um anywho i think that was that was like a really interesting start to listening to this immense immense body of work by mr buckethead it was and Mr. I'm excited. Buckethead. I'm excited to see where it goes going forward. Like, yeah, so yeah. with with that said, like, what's some predictions that you have going forward? Like, what what do you expect Honestly, to hear more of? Like, what do you expect to not hear more of? Like, what would you like to see? So, so there's definitely like a progression here. I feel, and he gets, I think, a little more progressive here and there. Um, I I'd honestly, really, what I like most about Buckethead, um, is as weird as he is, he has this insanely great sense for melody. Sure. And so yeah, yeah. I really want more acoustic things out of it. Yeah, and, I would and love was, to see that, yeah. You know, like Siamese Butterfly had like the very clean tones. Mm-hmm. And there's clean tones here and there, but no real... Um, I think in the second album, there was like one song that ended with kind of an acoustic part at the very yeah, end. Yeah, that, that did happen, yeah. But... But in general, like, there's no real acoustic stuff, and like, it's true. Um, the dude, the dude can shred. I get it. I get it. You can play guitar like faster than pretty much anybody else, and that's really cool, guy. But like, uh-huh. I don't need a lot of that. Like, you can put one track of that on every album, but really, I want to hear real melody yeah. and like real, you know, like something significant, like a. Something I can whistle to myself. Yeah. When I'm masturbating. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't whistle while they're masturbating? I mean, for being real. 
Uh, so like, like going forward. So here's my predictions, but here's what I want. Right. So my predictions are that like, if, if he adheres to the most basic conceits that he has thus far established, Mm -hmm. I would expect to hear more riffs, more like instrumental metal sections, like more chromatic shredding leads, uh, like more funk. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, I mean. So you think what he does is chromatic, really? Not all of it, but a lot of it. Honestly, a lot of what he does is actually super modal, in my opinion. I don't... Uh, like, the dude uses the blues scale a lot. That's true, yeah. I don't think it's that chromatic. Like, so it depends so, so, on the song. Some of, it depends on the song. And it depends on the type of solo he's doing. Like, if he's doing yeah. a super shreddy solo... Where he's just playing as many notes as he can. It's so entirely that's, chromatic. Humor. So that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. So like he does I, a lot of that. In the I, second I album dislike that a hundred percent. I dislike. It's not that. my favorite sound because mm. it, it all sounds very similar. Right. Um, so I would expect there's going to be more of that, but like I don't want going it, forward. Yeah. What I would like to see is I would like to see something like Electric Tears. Like I would like to see more like, yeah, acoustic yeah, that's guitars what I'm with saying. Like beautiful yes. melodies. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. that's my that's been my favorite Buckethead right. shit. Like Electric right. Tears no. is my favorite like, Buckethead album. Exactly. Like, it's always the dude, been, like the dude has an amazing sense for melody. But he really does. Is, like, like how how can you come up with you know almost 300 albums of amazing melodies? That's what I want to see. Like, I want to see what happens. Like, no but that's, one. That's, I don't believe you, anyone. You, you person know as well as I do. Albums. That's not actually possible. Like, <laughs> because like Paul Simon has existed for how many years? And like eight hundred. He's, he's on. Yeah, exactly. But he's only made like like thirty albums, and only half of them are good. The other <laughs> shit has like uh, "Call Me Owl" on it and shit like that. There, there, there's, there's an upper limit. To musical genius is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> gone, gone are the days of like having like actual like functional Beethovens and Mozarts, Brahms and shit like that. Like people who can like their entire musical output is worthy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, for for every bridge over troubled water, or uh, I mean, not even so like for every like um, uh, sound of silence. Paul Simon has written. Mm-hmm. He also wrote uh, "Father and Daughter" from <laughs> the Wild sucks. Thornberry soundtrack, I hate that which song, is dude. which oh is the, the the biggest load of fucking bullshit. Can I can I can I recount these lyrics for you? Oh yeah, please. Like I, you have before, but I'll I'll hear it again. Oh my god, um, <laughs> I'm actually gonna have to pull them up and just like rage real quick. For for the unaware, Brit has talked about father and daughter from the Wild Thornberry's official motion picture soundtrack to me a great number of times. It's been a repeated topic of discussion. <laughs> so um, because we're so, that like, kind I of mean, like more bastard. backstory on this is um, I am a, I'm a, a hardcore grocery goth, um, and I have existed in the grocery world for. Uh, a long time in my life now and i used to work for whole foods and um on whole foods like storewide playlist was this song father and daughter by paul simon from the wild thornberries uh movie soundtrack and like i hear it twice a day when i was working because like this shit was on like a six hour repeat so if you worked an eight hour shift you heard like every every song from that first two hours twice, uh, <laughs> it's um. <sighs> tell so me, tell goes, me about the lyrics. I'm gonna watch you shine. I'm gonna watch you grow. Gonna paint a sign so you always know. As long as one and one make two. There will never be a father who loves his daughter as much as I love you. Bang! <laughs> Is it you shooting yourself in the fucking face? Yeah, that's, that's shooting either me or Paul Simon in the fucking face. Because <laughs> one of us deserves it, really. Truly. Truly. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Oh, God, I hate 
You have no idea. I have, I have, uh, I have a pretty you good do, idea. You do have an idea because you've been my friend for a long time now and you hear me ranting about this often. And we we hate this. We hate to hear it. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is a, a twice a monther for me. Truly. <laughs> truly. <laughs> And now comes the part of the show where we recommend to you something that we're interested in. And I'm going to go first. And I'm going to talk about something that I've been interested in lately. So over the past couple of days, I have watched the first three Jurassic Park films. Um, yeah. Jurassic Park 1, uh, Jurassic Park The Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. Um, it's It's been an interesting thing. Like, I haven't seen those films in a, in a good minute. I mean, I will say, like, unquestionably, the first film is, like, by far the best one. Like, you could watch that one and not watch any of the other ones, and that would be fine. But if you were to watch some of the other ones, skip the second one, because that thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, that movie fucking sucks. Okay, so the second Jurassic Park movie blew my fucking mind because of how bad it is like i haven't seen it since i was a kid and there's a good reason like upon watching it again i'm like it feels unfinished like watching that movie you're like characters just appear in locations with no explanation of how they got there like the characters are very very underdeveloped like there are interesting sequences in that film but like ultimately it it really feels disjointed and unfinished there's barely a story there's barely an ending like it's it is a very, very mediocre film. The third film, however, despite it not being directed by Steven Spielberg, it was instead directed by Joe Johnston, the director of the uh, uh, what? What film was that? Uh, uh, what am I thinking of? The Rocket uh, Rocket Man or the Rocketeer? Really? The Rocketeer. Rocket- oh, really? The really? director the of the Rocketeer. Direct- I loved the Rocketeer. Yeah, I know. So, and he also, so-, so Joe Johnston directed oh. the Rocketeer and Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. Uh, and Which is is well rated. Both is, of those are that very is my well rated favorite, good that, films. That is my favorite so, Marvel film. So here's the thing. Yeah. Here's here's my one memory about Jurassic Park three. I was in the theater okay. in uh-huh. in in the Valley River Six. You know the oh the, the one. Eagle River Theater. Eagle River Theater. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh. I, I was there and like there was a part where there was supposed to be scary and like. A, like a T-Rex like jumped out in the entire theater and laughed. And at that <laughs> point, everyone just laughed at the film like it was dumbass bullshit because sure. let's be honest, Jurassic Park 3 is dumbass bullshit. See, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you, my friend. Really? What, so what I do just, you feel? I, I watched give, Jurassic, give it to me. So I watched Jurassic Park 3 last night and I got to mm-hmm. say, like, uh, so that film came out in 2001. Now yeah. I watched that film in the theater. I was excited me for too. it to come out. Oh, oh. I watched it in the theater. You know what? I didn't. I don't remember liking it that much. I remember thinking it was okay, mm-hmm. like it was fine. But upon watching it again, especially after watching the first two, Jurassic Park three is the second best Jurassic Park film, like hands down. After, after number one, yeah, and okay. it is so so much superior to the newer Jurassic Park films. I, I actually World. didn't like two, so I might be able to agree with you on that. Like two, Have you, two us- did you? Two has did you a watch... weird, darker vibe. I, I have not watched any of the new ones. Uh, I, so I've only, ones. I've only seen Jurassic Park World, I think is what's yeah. called. Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic uh, World, yeah. I, I watched that one. I didn't like it, but mm-hmm. it, I only saw it once, so I don't know. I'm going to actually rewatch it tonight, so I'll, I'll let you know. Um, really? Yeah. Why? Because I'm, I just watched the first three. I got to watch that one. The, mm. Why not? I gotta um, have an opinion. Do it, do it, like, I don't care. Uh, anywho, anywho, what I will, what I will say is like <laughs> the Jurassic Park three. This this is my recommendation to anybody who may be listening to this. Jurassic Park three. If you remember it being kind of bad, yeah. you should watch it again. It's actually okay. pretty okay. It's actually one of the better like, like uh, uh like popcorn movies from that era. I think like uh, like looking back on it, like it, it holds up better than I expected. Like the characters are pretty good. Like the story is pretty good, like the the set pieces are are very good actually, and like mm-hmm. it's the only thing that I think that that drags it down is, uh, uh, 
what's his name? The guy that plays the guy that plays Alan Grant, uh, Sam. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? He he's in the first film. Uh, I don't know. Ah fuck. Uh, anyways, that guy he aged a lot between the the first Jurassic Park film and Jurassic Park three, and so he comes across across kind of creepy just because of how old he is. <laughs> uh, Sam Neil. Sam Neil. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. He he is like the biggest down side of that film, even though his performance is quite good. Like mm-hmm. I actually like his performance. His just appearance is creepy. I don't know what to I don't know how to describe that better. He no, just that's fine. That's, kind that's of creeps totally me fine. out a like, little bit. Like like a vibe is a vibe, dog. Like, it's a vibe. If you're, if that you're being said some nasty vibes. Even with how creepy he is, it's a it's a film worth watching if you like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. It's the second best Jurassic Park film. Okay. Easily. Interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, take it. So what do you got? What do you what are you recommending? So um my thing that I'm going to recommend is a thing I've been telling you about, this uh Japanese movie I watched a couple weeks ago, uh Tampopo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which um I mean the the synopsis of it is uh, a pair of truck drivers happen onto a decrepit roadside fast food stop selling ramen noodles. Uh-huh. The widowed owner, Tampopo, begs them to help her turn her establishment into a paragon of the art of noodle soup making. And uh, so it's like this really weird, oddly structured, but like incredibly artsy view of just like the art of making noodles. And, okay, like, I got, I got, I'm so sorry. I got to pause. I got a piece so fucking bad. Give me one second. You son of a bitch. I know, I know, I know. No! So we're talking about your, your ramen movie. Um, Popo, yeah. Tell um, me about it. So, um, so it's a it's from 1985, and it's um, it's like it's it's just a super lovely, strange film. It's just structured in a way that I uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a film structured quite like it before. Like okay. it, basically, it's like um, there's this woman who's a widower, and she has like this weird fast food restaurant in like the weird roadside in Japan, like mostly um, you know, servicing truckers. And these two truckers come by, and they're like, "Oh, your ramen's not that good." And she's like, "Stay and teach me." And uh, one of them like takes up special interest. And, like, stays and teaches her, like, how to be a great ramen chef. And, like, uh, eventually, like, the other guy he was trucking with comes back. And then three other guys, like, one guy in a suit. It's like it's like a comic book cast of characters, like, hang out. And just, like, these three, like, overly discerning, mildly toxic men just sit there. And they're like, <laughs> bitch, bitch, you ramen ain't right. For, like, uh, a bunch of scenes in the film. And then they go to, like, different ramen restaurants to try to learn how to make the perfect ramen. And, like, it's 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 interesting. It's like a culinary adventure. Um, but sure. But I, I feel like uh, within that, there's a lot of stuff to be learned. And, um, like, one of my favorite lines in the film uh, went uh, something like, uh, You amateurs can't handle my noodles. <laughs> But if all people who eat noodles are amateurs, why make noodles that amateurs cannot take? <laughs> and I feel like that applies to like a lot of things in life, and like maybe music. Like everyone who, I mean, not everyone who listens to music is an amateur, but most people who do listen to music are amateurs. So that is true. Why make like super advanced music? Like, why only- make music? Really? That's 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 really a good question. It's like 
all the all the good ones have been made already. Like the Beatles did their thing, so we can just retire now, right? As musicians, like that is true. We like we have the the, the tones and the sounds. Let's just like remix them and like let DJs do their thing, maybe. But uh, other other than that, I think we're good, right? Totally. I'm pretty. Good on, I'm pretty good. I, hashtag. I'm good on music. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, right? Like, like what what are we doing, really? Like, I, I think about this all the time. Like, like getting older, <laughs> especially <laughs> your categories, but like yeah. getting older, especially. Like, I wonder, like, what the fuck am I doing making music? Like, yeah, no, I, I, like not that I think I'm. I have a a. Not that I think that I don't have a perspective that's worth sharing musically. Yeah. I think I do, but yeah. still, why? <laughs> right, right. And so, so like, like, and so, like, hmm. <laughs> so, last night, I made, I made a song about, like, I guess, you know, like, robbing a liquor store. And, okay, um, as one does. Yeah, you know, and a lot of like, you know, in in the right eyes, this is definitely like interesting art, I think. But you know, <laughs> in other eyes, this is just evidence. Ah. And um, I nice. Yeah, nice. I, I don't know. Nice. Yeah. Cool. No. Ah, it's okay. Yeah. Could be worse. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Alrighty, well, it's coming to that time of the of the show where we got to end. Uh, where can I follow you online, Britt? Uh, you can follow me in most places at the queer goth. Wonderful. Uh, we we love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how about yourself? Well, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at uh, New Metal Karate Society. Mm. That is my most prodigious online output. Is is that? Uh, mostly just sharing memes, making memes sometimes, doing whatever, goofing off. I think it's pretty fun. But uh, we'll be back next week to talk about more Buckethead uh, albums three through sixth of the Pike series. Can't wait to hear them. Looking forward mm. to it. This has been Britain. This is Spencer. Stay greasy, Bucketheads. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs>